0: We, we encountered stancing, sanitizing, you know, Africans, we love hugs, no more hugs, and you know, all these greetings, you have to wash your hands, wash your hands again, and, 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 and. there were so many don'ts until you didn't know what is supposed to be do. So, so, so even when I came, I came with my mask, you notice I, I just removed it right now, yeah? Because we are still masking yeah we're still putting on our mask we are still sanitizing we are still yeah 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 we're still doing all these things but I also discovered sometimes when God doesn't want you to abort something he will put a mask on you so you don't mess yourself up so so destiny there's something God is doing in us and we cannot how many know that when Elizabeth, uh, was expectant she went quarantining because she would have aborted the purpose yeah. so all things work together for God we are expecting the greatest move of God when we are overdone with this with this covid but um, as a church um, uh, we, you know we just came back to church you know we Church has been just open, and you've got to leave so many spaces in between the people. We put a mega dome tent outside, and uh, the mega dome tent seems to be jam packed, and there are so many things happening. People are getting saved. My goodness, we are seeing young people getting saved in numbers every single Sunday. We thank God. Amen. So, so, so we 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 we, we experienced uh, the shutdown, and for. Once for us, you know, to have a church online, it's quite a sacrifice because you've got to have a few coins and buy bundles so that you can watch a service life. Despite all those things, we've seen the hand of God. May I say what Isaiah says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You, we are waiting for God to raise up a standard. We will see a standard. We will see what God can do with broken people. Amen. While we were going through covid we experience as a ministry supernatural grace of giving. People gave. People gave. We were able to construct firm high super highway. And I want to appreciate your big brother, Bishop Allen. He was providing the cabros. We have a super highway. And I tell you, it's a highway of holiness. (laughs) Try it, you hit it, you're in the kingdom, because the destination is the kingdom. So we saw the hand of God, and we appreciate then the masterpiece of uh, Ezra Annex that was being uh, drawn and... uh, put together by Pastor Hans, we saw the first compression of the Sunday school, the halls for the youth, the teenagers and everything. Then we have a masterpiece banquet hall that, uh, mm, yes, Kenya is thinking twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many know that a day is come and the day is not too far when we need to raise such a standard that uh, will make God look good? You know, the church is known of a place of not having any excellence, but I'm telling you something. We're going to make our God look so good. So we were able to finish that beautiful banquet hall, and we were very grateful to God. Then we were also able to save. We trusted God to save, and we were able to save $1.5 million so we could buy a property here. Oh, come on, somebody. It was COVID. It was COVID. It was COVID. Yes, but we saved. Yes, we did. We did. And that was not all. I mean, let me say like Apostle Paul, that was not all. We had other ones, other projects that needed about $3 million, and God gave us all together what we needed and provided because he is just. Those of you who are in ministry, family has understood the principles of the kingdom of God concerning giving and receiving. That's why we don't do any fundraising because our people give in abundance. Ah, Before I step out of this house I'm going to ask the Almighty God to release the grace upon you people in the United States so that we can be able to do great things for God in the U.S. Amen. Amen. And, and then and I want you to know that some of the miracles that are happening, I mean, it, 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 they're just amazing. Like somebody sent me a, a testimony and said, mom, I was sitting in, in the, the, now they call that the church of Rwanda, the people in the tent, because just one day I said, the people in Rwanda, hallelujah, now they say, they, <laughs> I was sitting in Rwanda. And 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 I just uttered a word. I mean, I wish I wish people in the US would be so hungry for God that, that they would take a word and run with a word. I just said, I just happened to make a statement, and I said, Some of you, after the conference, you are going to receive contracts and tenders from people you do not know. Somebody tells me. Somebody called me and said, I've got your contact that I can do business with you. And I'm calling from Rwanda, actually. I want you to deliver some toilets in our complex. By the way, we don't even buy shampoos, we don't buy towels, we don't buy anything. There are also sanctuary keepers who call themselves the older people. We are the financiers. We may not wash with a duster, but we have the money to buy what is needed. Oh, come on, somebody. I need to talk to the people in America. They invest. They invest. You know, there's one lady that I have always admired. When I'm passing, I see her. She likes, she's always, she's assigned herself to clean the doors. I looked at her and God told me prophetically, that's a very worthy woman. I came to discover she's one of the richest people in current. I say, oh, honey, you have about 25 workers. Even more, she told me. But she is cleaning the doors in the sanctuary because she understands the God of grace. America, we need to wake up and create a reason. We need to create a reason as to why God needs to bless us. God is not just going to bless us for just blessing us. We need to understand why God wants to do that. So, so, I, I'm, I'm thinking that, are you good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. good? Can I walk on your toes and everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when Pastor Philip came uh, with Pastor Rebecca and it was so, so gracious to us uh, during the conference and uh, when we were eating one of the dinners, she told, uh, they whispered to me and say, oh, we didn't know that our driver is wife of a member of parliament. But she she will drive them, but not come into it. She's a driver. She has a security, she has a, but she can't come inside. In actual fact, she should not even send her driver because it is not the driver who is called to serve, it is her. So they whispered to me, oh, we didn't know that she was a member. I said, yeah, 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 they are all here like that, yeah. Because they are called to serve, they understand service. Not front seat, they understand service. And we thank God so much. So uh, so when we talk about, um, about, about uh, I want to get into something so that we, we're done within a short time. So we, uh, a few weeks ago, about two, two weeks ago or so, we were celebrating 33 years in ministry. FEM was registered as a ministry in the nation of Kenya 33 years ago. And I thank God because of his grace, amen. And I have uh, ministering today, I minister with children who were born in the days of Huru I have decided to keep younger, so I wait for them. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna keep younger and wait for them so that we grow up together, then I can hand over the mantle to them. So 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 we so uh, I thank God because I started preaching when I was on my twenties and I've been in ministry, I've preached this Jesus Christ and I will do it again for almost now 40 years. What a joy, what a joy, what a joy. Yeah. So um femme in Nairobi. We thank God for grace to be who we are. And uh, I want us to think about something. Uh, Apostle Paul talks, says something that hits my mind and my spirit. He tells the Philippians, You are partakers of my grace. Doesn't that bother you a preacher? you are partakers of my grace. Because the Philippians stood with Apostle Paul in times of pain and in suffering. Now that Paul, addresses, looks back at them and tell them, and because you have stood with me in times of my need, in times of my afflictions, in time of my despair, you shall be partakers of the grace of God upon my life. I want to ask you people in the U.S., are you a partaker of the grace of God upon your set men of God? Don't answer me. That's for another day. But we ought to be partakers of the grace of God that is upon the set men of God. So we, we've gone through this time of COVID. I noticed something. God began to. Uh, to bless us out of season. There is a miracle, the out of season. God started uh, uh, giving us finances, resources, and remember, nobody comes to church. People are giving online. They are not coming to church. And, and it's so amazing what God can do with, uh, w- with people even in time of pain. There's somebody who sent us so much, much money until I got interested to know, who is this person? And where have you been? So this person says, (laughs) (laughs) so this person says, I have lived in the United States for all these years, because he started sending us, $20,000, $10,000, and I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait." so so my accountant, "Who, who is this? He said, no, no, no. He said, I feel bad that, when she will leave. Today, she's a graduate. So he decided to give. So we need to understand, God does not come to take away from us. God comes to give to us, but we need to create a reason as to why God needs to give us. So our partners, I noticed our partners in the United Kingdom, and I know that they are watching us. Uh, there was so much grace during COVID How many know some people got good promotions and good pays? So they were beneficiary, they got so much money. And I'm talking to them, they own homes, they own houses, they are so blessed of God. At times they will call me and say, mom, if you have any project of your choice, we're sending you five million, we're sending you 10 million, we're sending you this. Why? Because they became partakers of a certain grace. Oh God, may you help us today. God, you may help us today. So, Pastor Pauline can give you a testimony. We have, well, somebody gave us a beautiful house in the coast, Mombasa. It sits on what? Three and a half acres, yeah. About four acres. A big house it was owned by a former member of Parliament so this person just comes and say oh mom you know take this title did what what you need to do so pastor Pauline is trying to renovate that house and change a few things and because we also have some kids that uh, she has taken like baby the Hema and Hema and, and uh, they have a beautiful home there and now she wanted to renovate I want to teach you something about faith as Pastor Pauline stands. I told Pastor Pauline, what's your budget like? And Pastor Pauline told me, the little house that we want first to renovate is this amount. I don't even remember what you told me. I told her, how about if we do this? Tell me, don't tell me one little house. Suppose even the main house, you put them together so we show God the need because he's the God of the money. First of all, what would you tell these people yeah. Yes it it's okay Thank you, thank you. We needed 3 million to do the renovation of the house. And uh, when mom got the money from the UK partners, she said they had given her the exact amount that we had asked for, like, there you go. (laughs) In actual fact, I I I told the office, don't even wire that money to them, just wire it to Pastor Pauline so they can continue with the work. You know what? Show God the need. Yes. <laughs> Don't show him the greed. Show him the need. Yes. There's a difference between greed and need. Those are two different. Show God the need, and He will meet the need. So our partners in the U.S. in the U.K. were such a blessing in the day of need. So today, as we come, we have come together for a Thanksgiving and uh, to appreciate God for giving a a physical address in the state of uh, Texas uh, Fort Worth. We are so grateful that we know that it's not just only about giving us an address. There is something more than that. We have gathered together that we may raise an altar for our God in this state. And by the way, Pastor Philip, you better know, I didn't want to come to this state. I debated with God because I didn't want to come. I actually wanted to be where Apostle is. I wanted to be in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I <laughs> and then the Lord rebuked me and said, oh, you, you, you want a comfort zone? And God said, no, 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 God spoke to me and said, I want you to be planted in Daruss and so we got registered as TWEM ministry here in Daras. So we have come here to raise up an altar for our God and because we know that God will be answering us even from the altar. I want to say something about an altar. Did you know that an altar has a voice? An altar has a voice and an altar can speak against you or testify on your behalf or against you. How I fear altars because I tremble at an altar. The other day, I made a big correction in my nation when a a police officer tried to get a man of God from the altar, and I urged those officers, all of them wholesale, to repent. I told them, if you are arresting a man of God, never step at the altar. If you're not God for the altar, don't touch it. You, if you want to arrest me, wait for me at the door, but don't step on an altar. And I'm telling you that man of God was so blessed because I fought that battle. I didn't even know who he was. I just saw it in the news. (laughs) (laughs) And I preached passionately, don't touch the altar, don't. If I've done anything, wait for me to finish the duty of a priest because this is a voice it will judge you and judge your fourth generation the altar is not a joke Ah. so we've come here to celebrate uh, the, the, the altar that God is giving us, and in a few moments we shall go there and have some tea. You're gonna walk around and I know you will praise God. So an altar, no wonder now we understand when we put our offerings, we put our offerings into the baskets they're brought to the altar. Why? An altar has a voice. An altar is not about the shape, the size an altar is what you lay on that altar so god requires us today a sacrifice of thanksgiving worship is the greatest thing you can ever give to god amen, amen. and then when you have put a worship and fill the altar with a worship, the second thing you can do is to offer a sacrifice. That's the offerings that what we bring to God. Let me tell you something, family, and I know you watch some of this testimony. We have crazy testimonies that sometimes somebody is dying. Somebody decides to bring an offering at the altar and they go back, by the time they are getting back, there is a divine reversal. The person who was supposed to, the, the other day, a woman was just dying, giving birth, and, and, and she remembered that there was another testimony. She saw somebody who had that. she came running, and guess what? As they were waiting this woman to the, to the margins to do a surgery, she pushed for the baby because already, there was a seed at the altar that was testifying on her behalf. America, we better know how to give God. We need to understand. So today, I, I, I just want to touch on something, then we are done. I don't mean to just uh, check on something. I want us to look at the first temple, which is called Solomon's Temple. This, this temple, David desperately wanted to build this house he desperately was so eager to build. In actual fact, David had gotten the land, uh, the land the land of a threshing floor of the Jebusites. So he had gotten the land and he was so geared, he had gathered, put materials, all the gold, all the beautiful precious things because he wanted to build. But God denied him, God rejected him uh, from building the altar here because you know, he, he said, um, no, no, your hands are too bloody. You're too bloody, you're too bloody. (sighs) You know, I was, there's a girl that I have been helping and I'm careful about this testimony because it's a royal family. And uh, this girl comes from one of the most prominent families, but before her father was one of the African presidents, and uh, when this other president who overthrew the government took over, uh, he literally killed the father of this girl. He poisoned, he poisoned the father in her birthday party. So uh, this girl, I tried to walk because she has mental breakdown and depression that never ends and, um, and uh, so she told me that this former president called her and said, honey I just wanted to make things straight I killed your father so she told me I wanted to shout and say how much I hate you but before he hung off the phone this beautiful girl you would think with all the prestige she is normal she told me mom she wanted to come with me to Kenya and she's been pushing me to come I hope she's not watching me she's been pushing me to come because she wants to come to my home she wants to visit but you know there are some protocols that I I think I don't want to deal with them because when it comes to kingdoms and people in the palace and leadership you've got to be careful sometimes how you deal with it so this girl would you believe this at night she disguises herself and sleeps under a bridge She told me, I can't sleep in my palace. I have a castle, but I can't sleep there. I can only sleep under the bridge. Then I wake up very early in the morning. And I, <laughs> let me tell you something, it's Christ is the answer. Amen. Knowing God. So I was saying, because now when I heard that somebody confesses, "I killed your father," and he says, "By the way, kings have so much blood." So now we are seeing God standing, David. David, I love you. You are my choice servant. You are, you, you, you. I love you, David. You are a man after my own heart. But one thing I will not let you do: you cannot build me the house. This house, you cannot build me. But he desperately wanted to build it. God said, I choose your, my, your, my servant, Solomon, your son. And remember, Solomon was very young because he ascended into power and into office as a king when he was only 20 years old. So now God rejected Solomon from building. And now we can understand what was in the mind of God. God wanted clean hands because God wanted him to raise an altar. God wanted him to build the temple of uh, the temple, the first temple in Jerusalem. So God had that intention that's why he could not allow David to do it so that when that house is completed, finally the ark that was being moved in the wilderness, in that tent, from place to place, finally could have a resting place. So he said, uh, Solomon is gonna build me this house. And you know, so Solomon, uh, Solomon took the responsibility of building the ark and uh, that, you know, the ark was always in the tent, you know, God in the tent. <laughs> I love God, you know, the box. The box you know the box the box the box. remember there was a, something in Kenya people used to say the the money or the box <laughs> so 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 now we see that God God wants what has an intention I want you to raise an altar for my people so Solomon King Solomon was the first man to build a house of worship for God the first temple was built by Solomon but let me tell you something it was big time it was overdone elaborate it was overdone to the details it was so well done and one of the things is that um, when Solomon had finished building it uh, and he was he was about to he he, before they got started God said I have consecrated the house which you have built okay You have built but now i god have consecrated it and now he says and i have put my name i have put my name in there forever in other words god was endorsed the building of the first temple and god was saying my hand is in it and then you go later you'll see he says that my eyes will be upon it day and night Oh, I, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. So, so now uh, uh, the Solomon, the king, uh, he understood uh, as to why God wanted him to do what he wanted him to do. Solomon took seven years to build that temple. But if you look at the cost, it was not uh, like a big house. It was not very big. And those of you who have ever been to Israel, it's so sad when you see the foundations of that temple and up the dome, it's, yeah. Let me see, the dedication was a big time thing because the Israel gathered together and uh, they, 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 they noted something that God had meant to build that house to fulfill the promise he had given to David to King David and to the people of Israel. So it was going to be a house and a place where Israel would be reconciled back to God. Amen. So the procession of this dedication was so amazing because it was overdone. And the Bible says they carried the Ark of the Covenant and brought it into this Beautiful temple that has just been completed and as they walk in the Bible says that the glory of God filled the temple that the ministers could not even minister because of the very presence of God how I pray men of God in this house today that a time is coming when the presence of God will fill the house that it will be difficult for us to minister one time I took a fasting which I always tell people don't try it, unless God has given you permission to try it. I took a fasting for forty days because i wasn 't a preacher i didn't come from a preaching family. My father was a businessman we, we, we were just taught religious things, you know, went to Sunday school with an egg when there is no coin or <laughs> potatoes, you know, as an offering. I used to cry and I'm beaten by my mother senseless because I didn't want to take potatoes and maize to church and my mother asked me, is it yours or is it God's? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll cry and I'll say, no, let everybody take maize. Me, I want money. If there's no money, give me the eggs. So every time they made eggs were preserved. For me to take as an offering, I could not give God something that did not cost something. Yeah, I did not understand at the time there was a call of God upon my life to give God. So, uh, so, so David, we were seeing the the, the temple is finishing, and the, the presence of God uh, feels and I'm praying. So this time. I wanted to give you a short testimony. I fasted, I took a first. When I understood that God wanted, was calling me actually to be a preacher, I didn't come from a background of a preacher. Yeah, yeah. I came from a business, parents, who all they knew is work hard, make money. So when I understood that God had an intention, of putting him in ministry, I decided to take a fasting for 40 days. I took a fasting for 40 days. What I did, I lived in a country house, firewood, and all I had was fire. I even forgot water. Every night towards morning the lord would feed me with substance i don't know what it was it's about three it was kind of sweet and nice until my tummy was so full and then i say i've had enough between 3 a.m when i finish and i came out i went to wash my hair I decided to wash and shower and do all these things. I washed my hair, my hair fell. My hair fell. So now I'm there, a preacher, and people I'm thinking I'm having a, hat, a cut, A haircut. <laughs> Those are the days of Uhuru Park. The next Uhuru Park, women had haircuts. Mm. They did not know that God has, had messed me up. That particular... You know, the, the water wasn't going so, Pastor Rebecca, I'm trying to think, where is the water getting stuck? It's my hair. So after the shower, after, ah, I did not know sometimes God will cost you shed the old hair. So, ah, come on, somebody, so you can grow something different. Mm. So that very day, as I was going to Uhuru Park to preach, I remember when I took my step before I touched the final step, I was too weak. And I said, God, who is the preacher? And the Holy Spirit told me, you are not the preacher today. I am the preacher. I stood, I just said, hallelujah. As the hand moved from this down, Ooh, the wave of God hit the people down. Then like this, the wave of people. Then like this, oh, nobody stood. My people in the instrument, the the drum set, the man was stuck up in between the drum set. And I'm holding the microphone and I'm saying, God, indeed today, you are the preacher. This is the testimony, anybody who was lame, anybody who came with crutches, they went home free. Every deaf heart, every blind soul, oh, come on somebody, because God picked the microphone. God was the preacher of the day. I'm telling you, hundreds of handbags and Bibles and things were left there. People did not know the owners, but God did it. So what I want to say is we need preachers not just only God, you know this season we are at. People are wounded, people have lost family members. You may be here, but you're hurting because you lost somebody. I am asking God for one thing: God, let there be a visitation, a visitation that will make a difference. That the God of the Bible, the God of the church, will bring a healing and restoration to His people, so that we can rejoice again. So, so I. I saw the very presence of God that time. Now I know that God can choose to minister for himself. Crutches were left, we didn't even know the owners of what was going on, but people got healed, amen. So the procession that took the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, ah, So when you go home, I want you to read the first book of Kings because I I just need to wind up. The first book of Kings, the eighth chapter. I want you to read like the whole thing, but you can start from verse number 22 and you will see the prayer that Solomon made for the people that God would bless the people and increase them. And And then when Solomon had stood and had stood, I love this, when Solomon stood at the altar, the Bible said he spread his hands Pentecostal preachers, what makes us think we are the first people to raise our hands? (laughs) It was done in the first temple actually by Solomon. He raised his hands and he praised the God of the heavens. Amen. So I'm, I'm expecting a great move of God. I'm expecting a revival to come into the land. So the God, our God is a promise keeper. God is a good God and the glory of God filled the temple my goodness the presence of God filled the temple and uh, and the Lord said and God say and and the Lord said that his eyes will forever be upon that house day and night and Solomon was warned that he should hearken unto the voice of the Lord and keep the commandments of God but let me tell you something at a time he forgot, he forgot the vow he had made. So, so the king of Israel, we're seeing the people gave an offering and, and uh, people were so blessed and uh, the dedication was so done for, actually the dedication service took seven days. Yeah. King Solomon dismissed the people on the eighth day to go home. Can you imagine a day is coming when we shall celebrate God? (laughs) Amen. We shall celebrate God until people are sent to go home. So uh, uh, even as we celebrate uh, our nation, as we celebrate our 57 years, and uh, we also celebrate the grace of God for ownership uh, of Twem uh, headquarters or uh, offices here in the state of Dallas, we are also wanting to raise an altar that will bear the name of the lord god i said we are going to raise up an altar that will bear the name of the lord god and if you see anything happening in them anywhere i want you to know it has to happen it must happen happen. amen Amen. whatever grace it has to happen because that altar will not bear let me give you a very interesting testimony can you need to hear this yeah Pastor Philip, when we were building the church, (laughs) this church was costing us more than one billion shillings. Right? God told me, don't allow anybody to fundraise because I don't want anybody else's name to be on this. Only my name. So so many politicians were asking, oh, mom, can we do a prayer breakfast and come with our our friends? I said, not for this one not for this particular one. A time came the bank, our bank was shut. The bank that we used to use, the bank was shut. And now I'm thinking, God, we have two months to finish. We can't finish it on time. Pastor Bonke has already confirmed he's coming. Uh, the president is so excited also to come. The church is not finished. The bank is shut, and I'm going to Mombasa to preach for for uh, for us uh, our meetings in Mombasa, and then I. I laid prostrate on the floor and I asked God, God, now everything is come to a standstill. And God told me something. Blessed is a man who puts his trust in the Lord, but cursed is a man who puts his trust in another man. God supernaturally started providing. Can I tell you something? My girls, you know, have smart lawyers. I know now they are watching me. Smart lawyers, very professional. They came up with an idea. How about if we don't tell her and we borrow money from a bank? It's good to have smart people, isn't it? Who want to build you out and they don't want shame, yeah? So they said, let's strategize. They called a few bank and they were told, uh, so if suppose you want money, what would, you, what would be the process? They were told, who wants money? <laughs> They say, suppose somebody like mom wants money, what will be required for her, from her? More than two banks said, nothing. She just gets the money. So they, they, I could tell Sunday afternoon they were excited. And so they had something to tell me. <laughs> So we, so I could tell, you know, I could, every time I went out, I could see a strategy, there's something going on, they whisper to each other, who is gonna start? You know, one of the royals, maybe Mrs. Maynard. So I was told I'm being called outside. The first time I was being called outside, I was, a lady stood, stood outside. She says, Mom, around me, to do this, please. I know this is against protocol, but I didn't want to put this money into the, into the treasure box because it is 10 million in cash. Another one is waiting. Me? Okay. Mom, I, I just wanted to bring this money it's in a paper bag. It's about five million, another one, three million, another one. So my lawyers, I told them, open the bags. They, they were on their knees, they say, we repent. <laughs> this is not your miracle, this is our rebuke. We had to talk to banks to help. Let me tell you something. Apostle, this is very interesting. We, we used to write checks of what is needed and wait on God so that we can give that check before midday, and the God of the money will have answered before that time. And the sanctuary was completed, but God refused fundraising. He said, no. God told me, I don't want anybody's name on this one. So altar in Karen, the altar in Karen, that beautiful church you see, there was no fundraise. God blessed us and God blessed his people and we built it debt free. I remember when our president came and was opening and he was sending some texts and he was saying, oh my goodness, you you know. I said, my brother, God is a faithful God, amen. So sometimes there are altars when God says, it will bear my name. It means he dictates the terms. You know, sometimes we we become funny with altars. Sometimes we have made them a place of entertainment. Go entertain people in pubs. Give God a worship. Give God a prayer, supplication and a thanksgiving. No, 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 no. I'm your mother, I can say these things. I know some of you cannot have the guts to say, it is not a place of entertainment. No, it's a place of worshiping God. Oh, we are doing this so that people can come. People for what? God can bring. No, 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 no. I don't want to say things so, so that you can invite me next time, yeah? yeah. Is something that bears the name of God in it? Let's mind how we handle it. Amen, Altar for God. So let me see if I can finish now that um, so the altar uh, will respond. I pray that the altar will respond to our prayers speedingly, we shall start to get answers from God. So we say that an altar has a voice because an altar speaks, so whatsoever things and whatsoever needs that we'll be having, just like we need to believe God, and not only this altar that we are raising, but I want you people to know, wherever you fellowship and there is an altar, that altar, respect it. Start to change the perception of an altar and you will see what God will do. So so when I I was looking at the first temple, let me see if I can just say something shortly and then we finish about the second temple. When I was comparing the first uh, temple with the second temple, remember when God asked these people, uh, remember this second temple is built by people who are coming from captivity. They're taken, the, the nice handsome men were taken by, uh, to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. The only people who were left in Jerusalem were the sick and the old. And remember the process, they were taken into captivity. And now when it is time for them to return, guess what? They have no money, they are poor. You know when you are returning from captivity, you don't have it together no 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 it doesn't work you have nothing absolutely so they were poor they were needy yet now from captivity they are going back home and one of the things they need to do is to restore the altar first thing when you come from captivity first thing after COVID the first thing we need to do as preachers is to restore the altar of God because the altar of God is the only place that people petition to God so the people were needy and they were in distress. They were, they, they, they were, so they returned. The Bible says they returned in three groups. The first group was under the leadership of Zerubbabel, all right. The second group was under the leadership of Ezra. The, the second group was under Nehemiah. So they returned. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that it took about twenty years to rebuild. It is easy to destroy what we have. I have said this in the nation of Kenya. It is easy for us to destroy what we have, but it's very hard to rebuild. I preached in one of the biggest meetings. Here the Ethiopians say, hi, mom, hi, mom. And I'm thinking, am I a mother in Ethiopia? They say, we, used, we were refugees in your country. We got saved at Uhuru Park. Today we are in the ministry. We have... They were so excited to have me in that dome. I don't know how many thousands of people sat in that dome. And then, then they were, eh, I used to be deaf. I was blind. I used to have and the testimony. I mean testimonies. And I'm thinking, Ethiopia has rebuilt their country within the shortest time. Where is Ethiopia today? Suddenly. Suddenly. The other day, I saw that there were more than 100,000 refugees trying to enter Kenya from Ethiopia. (sighs) May I say this to us? It is easy to destroy what we have, Mm -hmm. but it takes God to rebuild. These people coming from captivity, it was not a walk-in in the park. It was a lot of hard work. Look at when they started building. Look at these things that were happening. It took 20 years, and the 20 years, if you study the rebuilding of the Second Temple, you will find out only these things, that there was so much conflict. There were such fights. I mean, the enemy put up a fight. It's only, and then when Nehemiah goes also to rebuild the wall, there was such a fight going on. I mean, they couldn't allow, the Samaritans also wanted, oh, we can also help, we can also contribute. And they were saying, no, 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 this thing is a holy thing. No, no, the conflict and conspiracies and malice, they wanted to destroy. Mm -hmm. So, the Bible says, amazingly, that Nehemiah, when he was building the wall, they built with one hand, and on the other hand, they held the armor. It was such a fight. To rebuild is always such a fight. Kenya, please, it is hard to rebuild. Let's take care of our nation. I don't know if in your life I finish with this. Have you ever had a Tobias in your life? Have you ever had a San Barot? Have you ever had his brother Geshem? Have you ever had a Penina? who provokes you day in, day out, and gives you no space. Uh, have you ever heard the uh, Penina's brother, Judas? <laughs> if you have had any one of these people, you are good to go. Because they will always dig holes for you. They will dig pits for you so you can fall. There's always a conspiracy, there's always a threat, there's always a gossip. There is always something they say about you. They try to stop you. Look at this one thing. They had no money to build, they are poor. But God sent them help from the most unexpected quarters. God raised a king by the name Cyrus the Great in the hour, you cannot bring that assignment into completion. May God raise Cyrus for you. So Cyrus, footed the bills and this, the building became so easy for them to rebuild but it took a bit longer time. Let me say something that will kind of bother your mind because I'm here to, I'm a prophet so that is okay for me. Uh, Kind of to say things, you get shaken. Money does not build anything. What builds something is a vision. That's why pro, vision. Pro and a vision. So if you have a vision, there will be provision for the vision. So if you have a a, a dream, go for it. All you need is to keep a vision. You need to keep that fire for God. You need to keep that dream alive. You need to know the the season. Also, another thing you need to know is the time to step out. Yeah. Don't calculate your steps. I know you're good in math, but don't do it. The God of times and seasons. There's a st- and also don't delay when God says step out. You need to step out when God says step out because it is a walk of faith. It is not what you have, it has nothing to do with anything that you have. So these people we are seeing when they sell, they give drinks and they give meat, so you know they give something, somebody gives something and I love that, that grace to give. So for these people though they were poor and needy, there was grace to give. So even right now, I pray that in this house today, uh, that God will grant us grace so that we may be able to give. And you know what? I pray for you people in the US that God will start to bless you. No, no, not just to pay bills, no, no. How I pray that the spirit, Pastor Philip, I want to dare prophesy the grace and the spirit of ownership and i want to prophesy and decree debt free ownerships i am not talking about borrowing a mortgage i am talking about strategies from god and power to gain wealth where you will be able to get money without sweating for it i want to decree and prophesy that there will be grace grace to own homes grace to own churches Grace to own land, grace to own companies right here in the name of Jesus. I decree today in the name of Jesus. And I stand as a woman of God and I know that I have heard from God. Today I came to Dallas to prophesy that there will be grace to own. Grace to own land, not only here but also back home. Grace to do businesses, grace to do what you need to do. You will have so much money. You'll be giving us a call in Africa and saying, Do you have a project that I need to sponsor? I want to decree the spirit of poverty will be out of your door in the name of Jesus. Oh, I refuse. I refuse. Our people wanted to pay bills. You're paying for that TV, you didn't even buy it. That car, still, you are I, still. I decree. I decree. I decree, I say, I decree wealth in the name of Jesus. The power and the grace to earn, power and grace to have in the name of Jesus. is what i have come to do today and i know that i have prayed and i pushed to to in prayer i have tarried and i have waited on god and i had god say to me go and decree my word upon your people and your people will be blessed because they receive it if you receive it wave your hands and say hallelujah to god Rubber, up, say, sit down. Sit down, I'm almost there. sit down. I want you to know something. I want you to know something. I have one, one of girls in my, in our ministry. She's our member. She used to be a house girl in Eastlands. How many of you know Eastlands? It's not the nicest neighborhood, okay? So if you're a house girl in, the, in the, that kind of neighborhood, it speaks volume. She had nothing. So I called her with a word of knowledge for healing. So she came to be healed. She was asthmatic. She used to get very bad asthmatic attacks. And I called her and say, what do you do for a living? She says, I'm a house girl and where I work, right here, they wake me up, I start to wash clothes with cold water at 2 a.m. in the morning. So when that chest comes, that cold comes into my chest, I develop this problem. I told her, today is the last day you'll be a house girl. I told her, I want to prophesy to you that God will cause you to see something that you will use your hands to make and it will go viral, it will become international. Can I help you today? Today she writes to me, she's she's very dramatic. Imagine she wanted to come to America, then she says, I have all the money. But if they ask me a question, it's only your English that I understand. <laughs> so if I go for a visa, I don't think they will give me because I, I will not know what they're asking. Guess what? She doesn't have a signature. She uses the thumb. But this is the grace. Listen to the grace. She owns apartments. She's the only black person who says in her own apartments in Lovington. All the other... Apartments are, the, her tenants are United Nations. Wow. She has one of the biggest businesses now of shipping things to Kenya. I ask her, honey, how do you do this? She says, but you told God. But you told God. My goodness. Pastor Philip, from house Girl. she'll bring you a bag of five million. You look at her and say, what? Yeah. She was telling me, when things were shut from China, she was told, girl, it's only you will give a permit, so you are, you, 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 your staff can come. <laughs> Let me give you a second testimony, I'm done. Another lady, she never, she never used to have more than 20 shillings fare. So she used to jump out f- from the service before we wind up the service so that she can catch up the bus, the matatus when they're charging 20 shillings. Because when the church is over, she'll have to pay 30 to 50. So one time I took a microphone and said, some of you jump out. She stopped. (laughs) And she sat. She received a phone call that week from somebody from South Korea. And she said, somebody give me your name and recommendation. That you're a very good person to do business with she says yes 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 so i want us to do the first shipping uh, this week if it that's okay today she told me i ship containers about seven to twenty one week she's a millionaire oh come on somebody eyes <laughs> have not seen ears have not heard what god can do when i know i can't even interpret for somebody So, I asked, so what does she do? She, She told me, I do my business with the Germans. She has the biggest machineries for building roads in Kenya. She has land more than two acres with all those tractors, bulldozers, anything that you need, so Chinese hire from a woman who has never been to school, meaning she doesn't. Oh, that's why I say the God of the money was. at least my gate, this check it in. So one, before it comes back, it's more than half a million. I'm talking about grace to own and grace to have. I'm talking about grace. This is nothing but grace. Now let me see, now I'm done. So, So they gave and they gave concerning the giving principles. Money is about you. Money is your sweat, right? Money is your reward, okay? Money is your reward. So when you get money, what's your first priority? When you get money, what comes to your mind first? The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you, a good measure, shaken together. You know how, you know, Pressed down and running over. So money is nothing much, but money represents you, speaks about you. I wish I had time, I don't have time I give my house. I give my house when we were buying firm property. I give my house. And uh, so, and when I give that house, I said, if God doesn't have a house, I don't want a house either. I give my house. It was a house God had given me at a very tender age on my young twenties worth of millions. So I give it. The person I gave I even moved out because I didn't want an attachment. I moved to a certain neighborhood. Seven years down the line, that title deed and the house came back to me. Today, it stands two homes that sponsor me to preach the gospel. Uh, people walking in the there, another time a diplomat said, can you leave this house the way it is? And if you don't mind, can I be paying half a million dollars? I say, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus Christ said, occupy till I come. I know Pastor Hans tried to push to speak about this thing, occupy till I come. Jesus is coming soon. So for us to have, we must also understand the principles of having, of giving. So three things, the children of Israel, when they returned back from captivity, number one, they raised an altar for worship. Number two, when we are coming, because we are coming also out of this, number two, they raised a sacrifice to God. Number three, the people accepted to sit down and be taught. So you have to accept to be taught. So it's my prayer that if you don't fellowship anywhere, you don't go to church, we need to go to churches where we can be taught because we need to be taught, amen. And now I am done. Father, we give you praise. Lord, I thank you. I give you praise, Lord. I thank you, God, for this wonderful people, precious Redeemer, in the name of Jesus. I want to decree a word of healing to somebody this this moment in the name of Jesus. I saw somebody with uh, some, some strange reactions. You scrub your skin and you itch so badly. And It's kind of an energy and I don't know if you even know what it is. But today in the name of the Lord, cut her Stand up for me if you are that person. That person stand for me. Just stand. Father, we give you praise. I saw somebody else as I was praying. You have some things growing in your body. And I was asking the Lord, what is this? Some little things growing in your body. Today, in the name of Jesus, I want to decree a miracle, a healing miracle over your body in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks i saw somebody the lord spoke to me to speak over somebody you have a boy child with a very unusual behavior this child is a teenager and this child is driving you crazy and i want you to know that god told me what you are thinking you are wrong this child even though i stand to believe i want you to take that child to a man of god it's a boy child and this child is a teenager, if you are that person, also stand in Jesus' name. Father, we give you thanks. We bless your name. If I've called you by word of knowledge, you to stand. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We honor you, Jesus. Oh God, let the healing power of the Almighty God move in this place, God. Every energy any growth, any tumor, anything that is unusual growing in a body, in the name of Jesus. I take power and authority over it in the name of Jesus. I cancel every assignment of the enemy over your life in the name of Jesus. I decree a miracle that as you get out of that door, you embrace, you have already embraced your miracle. It will never come back again in the name of Jesus. And I know you will surprise every doctor, all the trash and all the rubbish that was said upon you you will surprise everybody because God has given you a miracle. We give you praise. Help me somebody bless the Lord. Somebody's not able to sleep at night. Somebody's not able to sleep at night. I want to put this microphone down. Somebody's struggling to sleep at night and you're toasting and turning and all that and all that. You're not able to sleep and there's kind of a, a fear. Of something. Who is that? I'm done. Is that? All right, honey. God bless you. When I ask for people like you to sleep, you must be setting your clock, okay? (laughs) When I pray for people to sleep, they oversleep. (laughs) One time I prayed for a couple. They rang and rang. They never woke up. They woke up after lunch. So I'm warning you so when you go to sleep said it point at her and say peace. peace sleep in Jesus name be healed put your hands together I love you we're going over to the other side for a cup of tea love you you are so amazing thank you thank you so much